Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 45 of Swimming Upstream. Danny and I are excited to be back with you. On today's show, we are joined by a fairly new professional pitcher and one of the newest members of the Marlins 40-man roster. It's right-handed pitching prospect Sean Reynolds, a longtime friend of ours since he was drafted as a first baseman in 2016. Sean joins us to talk about resetting his career, his quick development as a pitcher, the state of the Marlins system, and a whole lot more. So without any further ado, guys, here it is, our recent conversation with Sean Reynolds. Enjoy. All right, guys, pleased to be joined on the show today by one of the newest members of the 40-man roster and a longtime friend of ours. I've been talking to this guy since 2017. I remember talking to him for the first time in spring training. Danny knows him well as well. It's Sean Reynolds, uh, relief pitcher Sean Reynolds. Sean, man, thanks for joining us bright and early out there in Cali, uh, back home, <laughs> like you just told us. So thanks thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Of course, of course, man. So I've uh, got a fun one set up for you um, on your interesting career path so far. Um, so we'll talk yeah, about it quickly. You can say that uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so start, started out, of course, as a first baseman. Drafted by the Marlins, and now you are on the major league roster as a relief pitcher. So my first question, or our first question, and I think I know how you're going to answer, but I just want to ask a fun one: Is this the way you saw it going when you were growing up, or or, or no? <laughs> oh man, uh, I'd be lying if I said I saw it going exactly this way. Um, you know, I definitely this was always the end goal as a kid. You always dream about getting to the big leagues, and you know, if you would have told me at 10 years old <laughs> that when I was 24 I'd be going into my first big league camp as a, as a closing pitcher. I mean, I would have signed up for that seven days out of, you know, seven days a week. So uh, not, you know, the, the finer details, I think, not really how how I pictured it going when I signed my contract when I was 18. But um, I'd say where we're at now is uh, is exactly the way I saw it going. So, you know, it's kind of a kind of a catch 22 there. Right, right. Um, tell us a little bit about let's kind of start with your um you know, your, your, your way with pitching, meaning where you started um, at first, when, uh, you know, when you threw your first pitches, did, did, did you do it in Little League? Did you do it much in high school? Um, just tell us a little bit how pitching started, and we'll, we'll hit a little bit on, on oh, your man. Um, Honestly, man, it's been, I tell people this all the time, you know, people are like, oh, how long have you been playing baseball, this and that, and it's really since I can remember, as far as I can look back to when I was two or three years old, uh, I've always been able to throw the ball pretty well. Obviously, was picked up a bat left-handed when I was like, I guess my parents said I was like two and a half or three. So pretty much as long as I can, as long as I can look back, I've uh, had a baseball in my hand. But as far as pitching goes, I think I probably started doing it like. You know, when you're as soon as you get out of like the coach pitch level is when I first started to be like, oh, yeah, I think I might have a might have an interest in this. And then high school, I was uh, my senior year. I pitched a lot. Um, and truthfully, if you ask me back then, I think I was probably better at pitching than I was at hitting. And for, you know, for whatever reason, the way it all worked out, um, I was pretty, pretty confident in myself that I could be a hitter at the pro level. And then obviously we saw that that doesn't go as planned all the time. So um pitching for me man has been it's been in the bag for a, for a long time but um yeah obviously pretty cool to to be able to now do it at a high level what was the, the kind of the toughest part you mentioned about you know being having the confidence to be a, 
I hear what was the toughest part of just keeping that consistency? I remember, you know, when, when you were drafted, uh, you had the power, you had the speed, um, always some case, you know, some strikeout issues, but what do you feel was kind of that hump, you know, like that toughest part of just keeping that consistency? Oh man. I mean, I definitely can say that, you know, looking back on it, I, I put in as much work and I worked as hard as I could to to try and make it click. And for whatever reason, um, when it got to the game, when it got came time to, you know, get it done on the field, just something just didn't add up. And, you know, I, I worked my ass off for five plus years trying to figure out what it was. And um, I'd say the toughest part, man, about being a hitter in general is just trying to take every day, day by day, like, understanding that you're probably not going to have success the way you want to every single day. And even understanding that, like then not being frustrated when it does happen. Cause like, you know, that, you know, a one for four is a pretty good night. Like you go one for four with a double. That's a, that's a decent day at the plate. And, but that's still three times that you're walking back to the dugout frustrated or, you know, whatever the case may be. So learning how to deal with that was probably the thing that gave me the most trouble. Um, just cause obviously coming from high school's, you're not used to that that rate of failure, especially day after day after day after day. And um, getting adjusted to that took a while. But, you know, honestly, man, I'd say that for whatever reason, it's just when I think about it now, um, toughest part for me, man, was just mentally separating the at-bats from at-bats to at-bat, game to game. You know, learning how to take each game as its own thing, not like, hey, I went two for four yesterday, so that means I'm going to get two hits today or Vice versa, I went 0 for 4 yesterday. That means I'm not going to get a hit today. Like, kind of just learning to separate that piece of the mental game was something that I really struggled with as a hitter. And then, obviously, coming out of COVID, uh, we I started doing the pitching thing, and I kind of was able to, I guess, get like a do-over, you know, of like learning from my mistakes and, and understanding like, okay, this is what it takes for me to be my best version of myself on the field. And – yeah, just kind of applied all the things that I guess I didn't do or that I learned from hitting and struggling so much and then took them on the mound. Gotcha. Yeah, awesome. Uh, like you said, um, a do-over. So just just being able to to flip the switch and kind of kind of reset, right? Um, yeah, definitely. Been, yeah, definitely beneficial. So glad you were able to make that work. And like you said, a big league debut, probably not far away. So looking forward to that. But Next one we got for you, Sean, today. Um, how did the Marlins approach you about it? Like, it was mid-2021. Uh, I think you were with Jupiter. And you start pitching. I see in the bullpen, I was like, is that Sean Reynolds who's going to pitch? I was like, what? So, yeah. yeah uh, how did the Marlins kind of approach you about it? Um, what did they say? And what was your reaction to it? So, originally, it had started in in the pandemic. I was sitting at home. Um, they didn't read, they didn't say anything to me about it then, obviously, but I was sitting at home and I was like, you know what, man, like as much out of boredom as anything, like I had kind of, i had had an arm injury late 2019. So I was like, I need to get this thing back in shape. I'm going to start building it up and throwing long toss. And then I, you know, started doing that. And I was like, man, it feels kind of good. Like we're not playing this year. I might as well have some fun and mess around a little bit. And I actually had, uh, I called up uh, Nick Fortez because <laughs> we were both living in, in Jupiter at the time. And I was like, hey, man, like, what do you think about us, you know, getting together and you catching a couple bullpens for me just for, you know, for fun and see how it goes. And he was like, yeah, why not? You know, he needed some catching work. And so we got to doing that and it was okay. I mean, I, I felt like it was coming out pretty good, but it was obviously a long way from 
it's a long way away from where it is now. But initially I was like, okay, yeah, this might be something that I put in the back pocket just because knowing like knowing the numbers I had put up and what the situation was coming out of a pandemic. It's like, man, am I even going to have a job after this? So just because like so many guys, you know, obviously we saw like the minor leagues completely change throughout that whole process. So I was like, dude, I don't even know if, you know, let alone still hitting, like, are they going to keep me around? Just looking at my stat line and like seeing the production and what had happened and you know what I mean? So I was like, I got to have all my bases covered coming out of this just in case. And so I kind of got to doing that on my own. And then funny enough, in like mid-November, early December, maybe, they came to me in the morning. We were working out at the complex one day and they were like, hey, man, like, we know you used to pitch in high school. You know, what do you think about starting up a throwing program and getting back on the mound and just seeing what it looks like? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'd already done it in the summer. And I was like, yeah, I mean, sure, why not? And you can't, can't hurt, right? If they see that, if they see the value there, then obviously I'm just going to add to my add add to the reasons of you know why they should keep me around so started doing that and then i mean obviously picked it up pretty quick um the transition period was tough obviously getting my arm back in shape from playing first base all those years to now shucking it basically as hard as you can in games um so that took a minute but yeah dude it was kind of like a hybrid deal like i started doing it on my own first is like not not a joke obviously but just for fun and then Lo and behold, they came to me like four months later and were like, hey, we want you to go on the mound. So it's kind of funny the way it worked out. It is funny and it's crazy, man. It's a, you know, a lot of respect for that. Having to train so much doing something very specific, right? And just turning around and um, being so good at, at something that's yeah, it's not completely new because you did it as a kid. But, you know, after you do something for so long, it does yeah. end up being so new. So that really is amazing. Oh, sure. So we know um, about your, your high velo fastball. We know about that nasty slider. Tell us a little bit about that change of development. How, how's it coming along? Oh, dude. I mean, if you ask me, and, and I think you could ask the pitching coaches around the organization that were here in early 2021. Um, if you ask me, I said back then that that was going to be my best pitch, and I, I still believe it is. Wow. And just because of the main reason for that was I, you know, making the transition and coming back to the mound, I didn't know how my arm was going to take it. And I was really cautious of ripping a bunch of breaking balls in game because I had seen, you know, I've been around long enough to see the injuries that pitchers go through. And I just knew that, like, all I had to do was just survive and stay healthy and then get myself to a point where, you know, that first full or the first. 2021 year of of pitching was kind of just like all right see what we got stay healthy and just compete the best you can with what you got because it was like from day to day i would have a nasty change up one day and then it would just be completely gone the next so it's just kind of like a stay healthy i'm just going to throw fastball change up primarily just kind of kind of keep an eye out for my arm and then that in turn obviously helped it develop into like i said i think it's my best pitch obviously aside from the fastball um I feel like I can throw it in any count, any situation. And I got a, you know, obviously in, in the end of 2022, got a couple, couple of really big outs with that pitch. And, you know, just seeing the development, how far it's come is, is pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, three good pitches in the bag, I would say. I mean, like, like Danny said, the, the huge fastball, and then the changeup, and then the slider as well. So uh, tell us about the slider. Slider, I think, is good too. Tell us about it. What do you, 
Oh man, uh, yeah, slider. I so like I said, you know, I was kind of cautious on on throwing a real hard breaking ball for the first like year or so, and then probably midway through this last season, I was I was had been throwing a curveball and just kind of had lost the feel for it at some point while we were in Beloit, and just was bouncing it all over the place. wasn't throwing it for strikes, and I was like, all right, dude, I got to have something that I can that I can actually control a little bit more. So started kind of playing around with the slider, and then found a grip that I liked that I could repeat. And then, yeah, pretty much just started ripping it right away in the game. I was like, it can't be any, it can't be anything, you know, can't be any worse than what I'm throwing up there right now. And then um, in turn, you know, cause I was kind of pitching off my fastball in high A, just really like establishing that didn't really have to worry about throwing too much off speed. And then in turn, obviously got called up to double A realized pretty quick. I was like, okay, you need more than a good fastball to get these guys out on a consistent basis, you know, you might get lucky here and there, but if you're just pumping heaters in there all day, they're double A hitters and any, anywhere higher than that's going to make the adjustment pretty fast. So started just trusting the slider more. And um, yeah, dude, that ended up obviously in turn that helped the curveball become a, you know, a, a usable pitch again. And then, yeah, but the slider was another one, just like the changeup, got some real big outs with it down the stretch. And that's probably those two are definitely my go-to if I needed, you know, if I'm in a pinch and we need a big out, it's, you're going to see it. You're going to see a heavy dose of slider fastball. That's um, to me, that's the craziest thing. So we talked about you going from, um, you know, hitter to pitcher, but the fact that you're learning as you go and trying things out as you go, and we're not talking, you know, the, complex league here we're not talking even low a you're at double a now and um like if you look at your numbers specifically the the, the walk percentage it's coming down you know it's started 2021 at low a you know pretty high then high a last year came down and then even in double a you were walking even less so learning as you go and being able to harness that control can you tell us a little bit about about what you've been finding um, to, to just control your pitches more and more? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, so when I came back in, in 2021, came back to pitching, I immediately felt like, you know, there was something that just wasn't quite, because I remember in high school, I was like, man, you know, I think I had better command in high school. I remember saying this to a few of my, my teammates when I was just starting out two years ago. I was like, I think I had better command in high school than I do now. Like, this is, it's taken me a minute, so... Um, I think, no, just finding, finding, you know, my rhythm back on the mound and, and it's just reps, right? Like you can't replace the hard work and, and the day-to-day grind of like, it's been countless hours spent out on the field in throwing program and in bullpens, just like trying to find that delivery that I remember, you know, working so well for me in the past when I was, when I was a younger kid, but obviously now doing it with the frame and the strength and the size that I have now was was probably the biggest challenge, like learning the effort level that I need to be working at, learning what works and what doesn't. And yeah, kind of like you said, man, just like on the fly, um, trying new stuff out every, not every day, but, you know, just not being afraid to try new stuff. Cause that was one of the things that really, I think really held me down at the, at the plate was just that constant, like anxiety or fear of failure. Like, Oh man, what's going to happen if I strike out? And you know, I kind of dealt with that so much and, and four years of pretty much hitting a buck 50 ish. And then look at that, you know, the world's still spinning and like, we're still all here. So 
kind of got over the fear of like, oh man, what happens if I don't do well or if I fail? Like that's kind of went out the window the older I've gotten. And that's just a testament to, you know, like I said, just the hours of work and throwing program and the bullpen in the game. Um, just not being afraid of, of the result, like whatever happens, happens. And you just gotta, you know, I gotta take my most confident self out there every time. And I mean, whatever the, the catcher puts down, man, that's what I'm throwing. And, you know, I'm going to do it with hundred percent conviction. And then, you know, the result will be what it is. Absolutely. I think that's a great message, not only for baseball, for anything you do in life, you're going to fail. Don't be afraid of it. Just learn from it. Right. hundred uh, percent. Especially in baseball, it's a game of failure. You know, you hear that growing up, probably from Little League, but you have to have that that mental capacity to actually admit to yourself that, hey, I'm going to go out there and strike out or give up a homer or whatever it may be. Yeah. Have that short memory, right? So, yeah. so I'm still going to come up the next day no matter what. So that's absolutely. Yeah, taking me a long time, but yeah, definitely at a good place now. 100%. Well, glad to hear it. Definitely see it as well. A uh, couple more for you here. Talking with Sean Reynolds, new member of the Marlins 40-man roster, pitching prospect, relief pitcher. Uh, see some good things for him coming this year, um, especially for what he's been able to prove as a pitcher so far in the minors, as we're talking about. But uh, a couple more to go, Sean. The next one that I got is um, tell us about this development system with the Marlins for pitching. Um, we know that it's good. Everybody around baseball knows that it's one of the best. Why is it the best? We, we see what they've been able to do with not only you, but before you, of course, guys like Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, and then these guys that are that are now coming up with you, but maybe some of the guys that were in the bullpen with you in Pensacola with Villalobos and Nardi and, you know, all these all these back-end guys like yourself. Why yeah. why is this pitching development system so good? Um, I think, first of all, I mean, you know, being Captain Obvious, like the talent that we have is is – pretty unreal. You know, when I look around the room and in any kind of pitchers meeting or, you know, the spring training meetings last year, I'd look around and be like, damn, dude, like these guys, these guys can bring it, you know what I mean? And, um, but that's just a testament to, I think on the pitching side, the way that we, the way that we draft or scout or, you know, whatever goes into that. But then obviously once we get here, I think that we have a very unique mix on the pitching side in this organization of old school and new school of like, when it comes to competing, getting it done in the game, finding a way to get to get the job done, that's where our our coordinators and our coaches can really help. But also it blends the analytics of like, okay, if you're struggling with this certain pitch or, you know, if you're struggling locating this, then we can break out the the, you know, the high tech equipment and we can break it down by the numbers and really see what's going on. So it, it's it's a good mix of, you know, they don't try and weigh us down too much and dive into the numbers like crazy but also if you need to it's available so it's one of those things of like for me i'm i'm i love the analytics and i love the the new age of baseball but also it's 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 all about balance right like you still have to the game is one on the field and it's won by human beings and so it's like there's got to be that element to it right like we've seen in the past in the big leagues where it's like teams that follow strictly analytics don't always get it done in the, in the, in the postseason. So we have a really good mix, I think of, of coaches who understand, you know, what it takes to perform at the highest level and actually perform and get the human element of it. But also if you're really looking to improve on something or, you know, you need to figure something out with the track man or the rap soda, then, then that's obviously readily available to us as well. So I think just that mix makes it, makes it easy for a player and for a pitcher especially to come in and be like, okay, I got 
handful of people I can ask about any given question and they're going to give me some kind of a decent answer and actually sit down and have a conversation with you about it, not just brush you off. So um, that's been really nice, man. The pitching, the pitching side of our org has been obviously a huge key for me, um, Scott Aldred and, and Tommy Phelps and, and all those guys and Jason Erickson, all the dudes that we have on the staff have been hugely influential. Dave Island, can't forget to mention him in double A's huge impact on me and my career. Um, so yeah, man, we're just lucky to have the guys that we do. And, you know, they, they come to the field every day with a good attitude and they're looking to help us get better. And that's pretty much all there is to it. Now you'll have a uh, Mel Salomar, Salomar Jr. Uh, looking yes, at your pitches. Absolutely. So yeah. Crazy, I'm very much looking forward to, to being able to work with him and, and be around him. And not only, not only that, but just all the high level guys that we have in that, of in that clubhouse too is, being able to be around Sandy's, I mean, unanimous Cy Young Award winner, like that's a dream come true. Get to pick his brain and see how he operates on a day-to-day and just, you know, get up close with those guys. Because in the minor league, you know, we have a pretty small complex in, in you know, relative to the rest of the league, but we still are pretty separated throughout the day. We don't interact with the big leaguers much if you're on the minor league side. So I'm really looking forward to being around all of them and, and just kind of, you know, just continuing to learn and, and improve my game as well. John, something that I feel fans underrate is winning at the minor league level. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, no, it's just development. They're just playing. You know, it doesn't matter if they win or lose. But I would assume that to a group of guys who start the season together and win together, lose together, it's still important. So, you know, tell us, tell us a little bit about how it felt to close, you know, playoff games and specifically to throw the, the game-winning pitch for – championship team and double it oh dude i mean that's I'm, I'm glad you asked that question actually but um i mean the short answer is that's why you play like there's no other there's no other reason that i wake up early in the morning in my off season and, and go to the gym and train and you know pour all the blood sweat and tears into the game and it's it really is a year-round job but like that's the reason for it is like why you get up and do what you do every day to get that opportunity at the end of the season to be on the mound, to be making that last out and to be winning the last game of the season. Like that's, if you ask me, it doesn't matter what level you're at, man. If you're in T-ball or if you're in the big leagues and game seven of the world series, like when you play to win the game and that's just all there is to it. And yes, the minor leagues hundred percent. I mean, I've spent the better, the entire part of the last six and a half years there. And yeah, it's hundred percent about development, but at the same time is like, we talked about this, the, the group that we had in Beloit, early in the season I had talked about, you know, yeah, we're all here to develop and get our playing time and, and get better as players. But like, I mean, dude, if we're going to be here, we might as well win a few games while we're at it. You know what I mean? Like, and if once you start to get most of the room, if not all 25, 26 guys on that same page of like, all right, Hey, we're showing up to win. That kind of takes the stress off of everybody of, okay, what am I doing today? Like what's going on with my swing or what's going on with my, defense they're like no if you're if all your focus is to just win the game we're showing up every day like it's a brand new day and we're going to win tonight and like that as we started as the group that obviously started in Beloit Pensacola I'm sure as well and then who finished in Pensacola by the time the playoffs were were coming around was like the whole team really got on that same wavelength and that same page of like it doesn't matter what's going on with me you know, obviously everyone's going to take care of their own routine and, and get themselves ready to play at whatever time the game is. But 
you know, we're here to win. And that's, there's just, that's the long and short of it. And so, yeah, to be on the, to be on the mound, making the last out is, I mean, it's a dream come true, man. It's, that's all you, that's all you play for. That's, I know that's, that's like thousand percent of the reason that I play. And yeah, I mean, that's just the only thing I could think of after it was over was, man, I want to do this again. Like immediately after we were done celebrating, I was like, I can't wait to do this. 10, you know, however many more times I can in my life. Um, it was just a special moment to be a part of. And you know, obviously, like you said, like a double A championship is not the end all be all of certainly my career or, you know, anyone else's aspirations in baseball. But I mean, dude, that's the first time the organization had won anything in like, I think 11 or 12 years, something like that. So like, it's not nothing, you know what I mean? It's establishing that winning culture that I think, you know, the fans and the front office has talked about for a long time of like, that's what we've been missing. And now that it's in stone, like, Hey, we won like double a Marlins winners. Like that's what it is. So establishing that groundwork and that foundation now going into 2023 with the guys that from that team, obviously that will be back. And, and I'm sure a good deal of them along with myself will be in big league camp with me. And, you know, just, just keeping that keeping that momentum rolling, man, into 2023 because we want to do it again. Like I said, it's not just like that wasn't just a one-off. Oh, man, we won in double-A. Like, that's great. Now everyone goes their separate ways. Like, the group that we had in that in that clubhouse pretty much was all in agreement. Like, hey, this is not the end of the, the, end of the road just because we won by any stretch. Like, we're doing this year after year after year. We want to at least be there, you know, at the end when it's all said and done putting ourselves in the position. It might not happen every year. Obviously it's baseball, right? Like you can't win. If you could win every year, the same teams would win. The Dodgers have had 12 world series in a row, but um, just putting ourselves in the mix every single year from, you know, whether it's double AA, a triple a big leagues, doesn't matter. Like wherever we're at, wherever we're at is we're going to compete every night to get a win. Yeah. Great series. That series was so fun. Like Dax getting 13 strikeouts is, season saving game and then oh man that was grand slam like yeah it was an awesome series <laughs> yeah um great stuff uh, a couple more for you sean before we get out for the day i got what two more to go and we're gonna be done for the day let you get back to your grind out there in cali um so the next to last one that we got um after the season uh you know you're coming up on on free agency uh, minor league free agency and the Marlins keep you around. So um, what was the, uh, the phone call? What was the reaction to uh, getting selected to the 40 man roster? Uh, it was cool, dude. I really didn't know, you know, I hadn't heard a whole lot um, from the team going into obviously the deadline, I think was like November 10th or something like that. Um, hadn't heard a whole lot, had a feeling that obviously with the year that I had and the year that we had as an, as an organization, as a team in double A, like we just talked about, like I had a feeling that, you know, that was definitely a possibility. And, but you never know until you know. So about like, I think two or three days beforehand kind of got an indication that that might happen. But again, still like in, in the baseball world, you guys obviously know more than anyone is like, until it breaks, it's, there's nothing. So got the phone call Friday that afternoon, like right after the deadline had passed. And, um, and yeah, dude, I mean, it was just, the only thing I could think of was like, all right, you know, let's go. Like it's, it's go time. And that was obviously the reaction was I was super excited and very humbling process to know that, like we talked about earlier, like where I started and, and everything that's kind of went down in my personal career and my journey to now have this opportunity going into 2023, man, I was, 
I was pretty stoked once I got off the phone, you know, had to, had to hold it together, obviously, you know, talking to, talking to the front office when they called me. But after, after I hung up the phone, I was, I was pretty juiced, man. I'm not going to lie. It's awesome because you made them make a decision. You know, it's, you had a year and a half or so to impress them because a 40, 40 man spot isn't cheap. You know, it's, it's, it's really hard to, to gain that, that roster spot. And, and it's, it's amazing that you were able to um, you know, just make them make that decision. Um, so to finish off, tell us a little bit about, you know, you're going into your first big league, um, you know, your spring training. So how are you preparing? You know, what's, what's the next few months going to look like in terms of, you know, your physical work and, and your mental work? Um, I would say, well, first on the physical stand on the, from the physical standpoint, um, the goal is to, is to show up in the best shape of my life. And, you know, and like I said, ready to go. Like that's February 14th is that date that I have circled on the calendar. And as soon as that, you know, as soon as that day rolls around, I'll try not to get too antsy about it and, you know, stay in the moment, stay present. But that's definitely the day I have circled on the calendar. And once that, you know, once that day finally gets here, it's, uh, we're gonna be ready to roll but mentally man i'm just um staying consistent like i you know like we talked about it's just everything that went into this year was i set out in 2022 like this is my last contract year given how 2021 had went and how the rest of my career had went i was like man like realistically don't even know if i'm gonna be playing after this year you know like it's my last contract year have no idea what's gonna happen so the only two goals that i had for this past season were to have fun every single day like it's, it's baseball, right? Like you can't, yes, it is a business and yes, it's multi, you know, millions and millions of dollars being thrown around at these guys, at the big league level. Like we see free agency this year is popping off like crazy, but at the same time we show up and we play a game every day. So it's like, you got to remember that can't lose sight of it. And yeah, to just show up and have fun and to treat every day like its own day. You know, what happened yesterday is not what's going to happen today. And what happens tomorrow might not be what's going to happen today. So just taking that mentality of like truly day by day and you can't move on to one until you finish the, finish the first one and you can't move on to the next until you finish that one. So just staying consistent, man, day by day. And, you know, like I said, when that, when that calendar finally flips over to, to February 14th, I'm going to probably have a little extra pep in my step that day. But uh, yeah, until then, man, just, just doing everything I can every day to be as ready as I possibly can be. Absolutely. I think you mentioned something awesome there showing up in the best shape, that you've ever been in. I think that speaks a lot to relief pitching uh, with starting pitcher. You know, you're going to go out every five days um, with a hitter or position player. You know, you may be called on to be in the lineup and hit, you know, once every nine times through with a relief pitching, you got to show up ready to, to basically go get guys out every day. And, and Absolutely. The ball, yeah. You know, 40, yeah 50, especially. Yeah. At the big league level too, man, like you said, it's like, if, you know, we play 162 games in theory, I want to be available to close 162 games. And obviously that's an unrealistic expectation. It's not going to happen, but mentally that's how you have to approach every single day of like, okay, I'm coming to the field doing everything I possibly can do to put my body and my mind in the best position to, if we're winning in the ninth inning, I'm going out there and locking it down. Like there's no, you know, there's no ifs, ands or buts about it when it's, and that's, again, that's why I love the closing pitching thing so much is like when it's time to win, there's no more, there's no better time to be on the field than those last three outs. And I think that just, you know, it's funny how it's all worked out in terms of like, this just kind of fits my character and who I am. And, 
and what I'm trying to do as a baseball player. So it's cool that it gets to, you know, that I get to be, that I get to be in that situation. You know, obviously the goal, like I said, is every single day uh, until we're, you know, making that last out, winning the last game of the season. That's really all the, that's really all that matters at this point. 100%. Man, absolutely. Um, it's great to hear the mindset, though. Uh, as Danny said before, it's, it's it's great to see that, you know, that, that man, you, you, it's working. Like, it wasn't working before, working. Hey. Better, but it's hey, working listen, now. Fellas, I, I know it's been a frustrating time for the fan base and for you guys, obviously, covering the team. And just don't lose the faith, man. I, so we got the talent. We got the – we have it. Like, it's in the minor leagues. It's obviously in free agency. I'm sure the front office is going to continue to do – their thing and, and try and add some pieces to the puzzle, but it's there. And I've seen it with my own two eyes and I was, you know, I was in that locker room popping champagne. So, you know, I just want to let you guys know that it's there and it's happening and it's coming and I'm not going to put a timetable on anything. Cause I'm, I'm too smart for that at this point, but it's, it's happening for sure. And uh, that first piece was us actually, you know, being able to win, we won something. And like, that's a concrete W in the books set in stone and now we go forward from there and and yeah man it's uh it's coming i couldn't be more excited about it there you go guys you heard him sean reynolds it's coming marlins are gonna win they're gonna keep winning so uh hopefully with sean as the closer see how that goes as we go hey, forward we'll see. We'll uh, see. but yeah it looks good it looks good right now it looked good uh this past year um and uh we're gonna go forward from here but yeah man um really appreciate you taking the time out early in the morning out there in cali to come on and chat yeah. and shop with us. Uh, definitely appreciate it. I've been talking to you for, like I said, since you've been drafted. Uh, yeah, always, it's pretty crazy. Right? I, I remember interviewing in the dugout on the backfields about hitting. Dude, about hitting. yeah, man. Wild. <laughs> now we're talking about pitching. Like, been on yeah. it, man, I will say. <laughs> right? Exactly. So, um, yeah, really appreciate it. Uh, really appreciate your friendship and your time. Definitely really cool to uh, be able to chat with you. So, appreciate it. And we'll see you down here in Jupiter, as you said, in February. And then uh, – I will be down actually January, sometime oh. mid-January. January, so, right. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. I'll well, be we'll seeing you guys. I've seen you guys plenty, but yeah, thank you guys and appreciate all you, all that you guys do too, man. It's uh, you know, I the hard work that you've all put into to your to your job and to covering this organization does not go unnoticed. So we appreciate it as well. So there you have it, guys. Some great stuff from Sean Reynolds. Sean is an extremely level-headed guy, and his story is a great inspiration for preservation and perseverance in the face of challenge and adversity. We are so excited for Sean's recent success, and we can't wait to see him, his triple-digit heater, and his quality-breaking stuff in the Marlins bullpen this coming season. So that's going to do it for today's show, guys. Danny and I want to thank Sean for making time for us, and we want to thank his agency, Belinji Group, for setting it up for us. We hope you all enjoyed, and we will see you all next time on Swimming Upstream. <laughs>